Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Frodsham Town Council full meeting number seven, Monday the 27th of November. Uh, for those of you that have not been to a council meeting before, we do make a digital audio recording of the meeting. So I would ask you to, um, if you're going to come speak to us, speak clearly um, and be aware that it does pick up quite a lot of background noise. So it's helpful if you don't you know, have any little private conversations at the back because they will be picked up. Okay. Um, Town Clerk, have we got any apologies? Yeah, Councillor Parker. Yep. Right, now the most important business tonight, I'm going to hand over to Mayor Councillor Alan Alton to issue our grants for this year. I'm just hold on a second, I've got somebody coming in to join us. Okay then, Mayor. Okay. Thank you very much, welcome along everybody. Um, Nice duty you uh, given to me tonight, uh, believe it or not, even though I'm giving money away, you do actually enjoy it. Um, it's um, a lot of hard work went into uh, awarding these grants, really, behind the scenes. We had a grants committee, which was made up of Councillor Mally Poulton, Councillor Donna Critchley, Michelle Parker, who unfortunately is not here tonight due to other commitments, and uh, Deputy Mayor and Councillor Frank, Frank Pennington. They formed the Grants Committee, who looked at all the applications that came in, and then their recommendations for grants went to our, our PMP Policy and Procedures Committee, and um, they gave the, um, the, the green light, if you like, for these grants to be made. Um, we're actually making uh, eight presentations tonight, eight checks. Um, a couple of people or organisations that applied weren't successful, and that was unfortunately because they were ring-fenced out of it, um, they, they didn't meet the criteria for various reasons. So really a 90% success rate about uh, of the people that applied and who was getting uh, grants th this time. So um, I'll move things along. Uh, I've got a sort of running order of the presentations here and hopefully we've got representatives from all of the organisations. If they're not, then apologies. And also if I sort of mention a name and it's somebody else that's come, um, blame the town clerk, not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very unusual, actually, isn't it? You know, um, moving on. Um, so the first one is the Weaver and Sandstone Cycle Forum. And this is to print maps for their friendly, uh, family-friendly Frodium cycle routes and support the Frodium's we uh, website and labelling of cycling uh, or cycle parking facilities within Frodium. So that's what we're giving it for. We're giving £510, uh, and I believe that we have Nick representing. Yeah. Okay, if you'd like to come up, sir, and... Uh, and <coughs> sir, no, did you? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. no, I didn't want to uh, yeah, pronounce it wrong, so I thought yeah, I'd just say the Nick, but there you go. Yeah. Very well done. Um, although there's a couple of photographs being taken, Frod Young Life are here, right. and uh, rather than take my ugly mug eight times, we're, we're going to go out okay. and have a photograph okay. taken. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, the next one is Frod Young Community Association, which is the Singathon One Day Singing Festival, um, and uh, basically it's to support that. Uh, and the uh, sum is £1,630. And I believe we have Roger Williams from that organisation. He's very shy. He <laughs> doesn't want to come on. Well, he's got to. I've called your name now, so it's important. <laughs> okay. 
There you go. Uh, congratulations. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Um, the next one is um, the Zodiac uh, Amateur Operatic Society, uh, and that's to uh, support portable keyboards and stands, amplifier and uh, storage facilities. Okay, and it's um, the cheque is for a thousand pound. I did make a mistake actually on the previous one with Roger. I'm sorry there. I give you an impression I was giving you more money. It was a thousand pounds back then. I'm sure you're still happy. There you go. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, the next one is the Frodium and District History Society, uh, and this is for the exhibition and long materials on the history of local shops, and the sum is £150. And I believe that we have uh, Kath Gee, our G, and Susan Lorimer. There we go. Okay, congratulations ladies. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. There we go. Thank you. In charge of it. Okay. Um, the next one is the Castle Parks Art Centre, Art Centre, and this is for temporary covers to enable outdoor events. Good idea. Uh, plus additional seating and electrical equipment. And the sum being given is five hundred pounds. And I believe that we have a trustee. I don't have a name. Do we have a trustee here this evening? No? no. Not hiding behind the screens up there or anything? No. Maybe they're under one of the covers. Okay. Um, Frodsham Parish Hall is for external signboards to make building more welcoming and literature carousel. And the sum is £1,100. And we have Pauline Lowry. And, and Betty. Betty. And Betty. And Betty. <laughs> and Betty. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Thank pleasure. Thank you. Um, we have the fourth Frodium Sea Scouts uh, for two-year-old replacements of... Oh, this is to, um, to go towards the minibus, and I think they've had some more good news today, yeah, actually, they haven't have. they? Uh, we're giving um, £3,500 towards that. And we have John Nicholson and Scouts and Scout. Okay. There we go. That's a wonderful and wonderful news today as well. It is. It is excellent. I'd like to thank all the council on behalf of not only the 80 Beavers, Cubs, and Scouts who will benefit from the uh, new minibus today, but also for those who move through the group for the next maybe 10 years and benefit from the minibus and the good news is that we've now reached the, the sum that we were looking for which is around 24,500 <laughs> And we have Graham Pegler. Reeves. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Um, that's it. Congratulations to uh, all, all those. And I think if we have a nice. The chair is just going to suspend the meeting just for a couple of minutes.
Yes, if we can, if all the grant uh, recipients would like to go out into the lobby with the mayor and we'll have a nice uh, group photo. <laughs> okay, back to the meeting. Um, can we go to agenda item 109, declarations of interest? Should we start with Councillor Reynolds? Yeah, I've looked at two items to declare interest in, and they're both in Part B, sadly. Um, one is um, item 129 about the office accommodation uh, for um, helping house, and the second one is item 130, the other in the judicial review. Okay, thank you. Councillor Holt? No, okay. Councillor Pennington? The same as I am every, every meeting. No regulars, yeah. Yeah. Councillor Neil? Personal interest in Park Lane. Councillor Brown? No, nothing. Personal interest in Park Lane. Um, is Park Lane on? Sorry, I've missed it. Well, I mean the minutes of the community minutes. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, so personal interest in Park Lane because of the minutes. Um, um, nothing else presents itself now. Nothing for me. Nothing for me. Nothing for me. Nothing. Nothing. Okay, thanks everyone. Um, Minutes of meeting number five, 25th of September. Move. It was accepted. Seconded. Right. Uh, all those in favour? Yeah. Uh, minutes of meeting six of the 23rd of October. They've been moved, accepted. Seconded. All those in favour? Uh, right to the public to speak. Um, <coughs> Mr. Dillon. Good evening, councillors. I don't know how many of you know me. My name is Terence Dillon. I've lived in Frodsham. For 63 years, 68 years, sorry, 68 years. And uh, you know very well that I've, as a most of these meetings, I got the uh, information for the uh, agenda this week and the PP meeting. I'm not happy. I understand that the council is considering moving to new offices. Four options being stay on the first floor of Castle Park, the rent unknown. Rent Alpin House, rent unknown. Rent the former HSBC building, rent unknown. Purchase the former NatWest building, cost of buying unknown. But the one chosen for the PP meeting is Halford House in the station car park. Certain councillors have been pushing for this building for some time, but I think that the residents of Frodsham should have a say in this. The residents whose money this is should be informed of the costs of each and all the properties involved. This should be done as a special town meeting on the subject. Castle Park was left to Runcorn District Council by the Abbots family for the residents of Frodsham and the surrounding districts. Castle Park has always been the home of the council and before the council move elsewhere, 
let us know how much it is going to cost so that there is not underhand or secret meetings going on. I also understand that offices are available in Castle Park House at a reduced rate than is now being paid. Is this true? Whatever the cost of renting Calvin House, the council will still have to pay for somewhere to rent to hold council meetings. Let the residents see the costing of all the properties and let the residents have their say in a special town meeting. It is their money you are spending. You keep saying that the parking will get worse with the open curve, with Chester West wanting to charge for parking. Where will people wishing to visit the council be able to park? Will there be ample parking for people who come, to come by car? But Castle Park will always be free parking. You are always saying that you do everything for the people of Frodsham. Now prove it and let us have all the figures and costings on the properties, not put it into part B like a secret society. You are the town council for the people of Frodsham. Let the people see that everything you do is open and above board. Because I've been speaking to some of my friends who are Frodsham folk. They will not come to a council meeting. They don't trust you. I've only been to council meetings over this last three or four years. I've known councillors over the last 40 years, and I must say, it's not improving. There was bent councillors before. I'm not saying you're bent, but there was bent councillors on this council quite a few years ago. One stitched my father up well and truly. Now, I'm not saying you're like that. But everything that is there always goes to part B. I think, um, Mr. Dillon, you you, can't, you wanted to talk about office accommodation, not the integrity of the councillors. I don't have any doubts that every single councillor sitting around this table and the ones that are not here are honest and have integrity. They're not bent. I didn't say they were bent. I said there were bent councillors well, years you ago. But you came to ask to speak about office accommodation, not the integrity well, of council. All right then, but I think that this office accommodation should be looked at more than what it is. Yeah. Because to get to here, everybody can because it's on the flat. But if you go up to the car park, you've either got to climb up steps by the station, by by the station bridge, or you've got to go all the way around by the Elter Skelter. Okay. There's well, nowhere up there to park now. We'll, we, we'll take note of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say that the reason that this item is under Part B is because some of the information is commercially sensitive. We can't make public information that has come from some of the potential Well, is landlords. that to the people that own it? Because if that's the case, a lot of people in Roger already know about it. No, not who owns it. We're talking about the commercial aspects of it, leases, etc. So, but we'll we'll, we'll um, keep your comments. It's going to come out of the accounts. When we when we get to the Part B discussion, we will bear your comments in mind. Uh, I'd, I'd like to make a reply there. No, the, I'm sorry, no, no, Reynolds. You've already declared an interest in this matter. No, no, I haven't. I declared an interest 
in the helping house. I have not, de I have not declared a, a non-interest in supporting our stay at, 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 uh, at Castle Park House if the rent's right. I was quite happy for us to move because we had wrong rents. But now if we've got a situation where the rent is right here at Castle Park House, I would like us to stay. And I'd like to see a number of councillors around this table actually also declare an interest that they want us to stay. Because in my, my view, from what I can see, I've kept away from this helping house thing because I'm not, I'm sure I, know, I know the people concerned. But to, to me, from what I'm reading, you know, we're, uh, it's, uh, we should be staying here at Castle Park House for the reasons why yes. Mr okay. Dillon says. Well, that isn't a proposal that's being put forward tonight, Councillor Reynolds, so we can't vote on that. Um, we'll just have to wait until we get to the Part B items and we'll talk it through then. Okay. Thanks, Mr Dillon. Um, we now move on to Mr Hull and Mr Marshall from the Sandstone Ridge Trust. If you'd like to move to the end of the table. Thank you. Good evening, Mayor and Councillors. It's uh, very nice to be here. And thanks for inviting us. Thank you. Um, we just want to outline the work that the Sandstone Ridge Trust very briefly our origins, and then uh, I'll pass you on to my colleague Ian Marshall. Um, my name is Andrew Hull, and I'm chair of the, of the, of the Sandstone Ridge Trust. Now, um, I'm sure many of you will be aware that over the past 15 years or so, there have been a number of projects along the Sandstone Ridge uh, which have been extremely successful in terms of protecting the environment, protecting the archaeological sites, involving communities all along the ridge uh, and so on and um, the origins of the sandstone ridge trust followed the last of these major projects which was the habitats and hillforts project um, which um, finished in 2012. that was extremely successful um, the trust was set up following the end of that project as part of uh, the requirements from the Heritage Lottery Fund uh, to ensure that there was a legacy of that particular project. And uh, the trust was established to ensure that legacy projects for a period of 10 years until 2022 uh, were put in place and were continued until that end date. Um, the trust, however, apart from undertaking uh, those legacy projects um, uh, is very keen to secure the long-term future of the Sandstone Ridge. One of the problems that we have, one of the problems which faces the Sandstone Ridge and its protection and its management is that whilst there have been very successful projects, these are all time limited. They're three-year projects, they're four-year projects. At the end of the three years, at the end of the Habitats and Hillforts project, for example, having generated a lot of interest, a lot of valuable work, recruitment of uh, considerable numbers of volunteers, the project finishes. It's not sustainable. And uh, over the past 15 years, we've gone through a series of projects right from the, the end of the 1990s. And we're always faced with this problem of looking for more money uh, to continue the work, to maintain uh, a, a coordinated attempt to protect and manage. 
So over the past uh, five years, since the formation of the Trust, we have been considering ways in which we can put in place a long-term uh, scheme to protect and manage the reach. And uh, we, uh, I guess one of the fashionable things to do is to develop a route map of where we want to go. Um, and we've, we, we've looked at a number of alternatives. In an ideal world, uh, we would like to see the sandstone ridge uh, perhaps become a, a designated area, such as an area of outstanding natural beauty. And we have taken steps, talking to Natural England uh, uh, and the other relevant bodies, to see if that is at all a possibility. And so it is on our radar. But that is, is a, is a long-term aim and ambition. Uh, in the shorter term, we've got to keep on applying for, for funding to, to undertake projects so that we can actually vitalise our, 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 our volunteers and so on and so forth. The Trust, we're all volunteers, um, and um, since the end of Habitats and Hillforts, we have been successful uh, in uh, applying again to the Heritage Lottery Fund, and, and, and some of you may well be aware of a more recent project we've had called Ridge Rocks and Springs, uh, which finished, finished this year, uh, which looked uh, at uh, rocks and springs and, uh, and uh, archaeological sites, geological sites along the ridge. Again, another successful short-term two-year project from the Heritage Lottery Fund, uh, but again, that's come to a close. Uh, we, we, we have more recently, uh, however, applied for another very short-lived scheme from the Heritage Lottery Fund called Transition Funding. And I'm going to ask Ian uh, to, to tell you uh, a few details about what we aim to achieve through this Transition Funding from the Heritage Lottery Fund. It is, a, again, another two-year project which lasts for another year. We're a year into it. It finishes in December 2018. So if I hand over to Ian. Yeah, good, good evening, everybody. Um, I've given you uh, all a summary of the, the project, uh, which is on that sheet. Um, so I've been taken on by the Trust to deliver this project um, four days a week over the next two years. Um, during 2017, most of my time has been spent uh, talking and meeting uh, people. Um, and so I've done a, various things. I've been holding one-to-one -one, uh, interviews with a number of key organisations. Uh, we carried out an online questionnaire during uh, August and September to gauge people's views and opinions. Uh, we also did a visitor survey, uh, various recreation sites along the Sandstone Ridge to understand uh, the type of people that are coming to visit the ridge. Uh, we had a workshop for town and parish councils on the 12th of September. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, Frodsham Town Council couldn't come along, but you sent us a fantastic um, response afterwards, which has um, generated this uh, visit to you tonight. Um, and I've been looking at various policies that would affect um, uh, the, the ridge uh, and its protection and enjoyment. So I've been gathering a lot of evidence um, about the Sandstone Ridge, understanding what do people value about it, what are people's uh, concerns, uh, do they perceive that there's change on the, on the ridge for good or for, for better, 
and what do they think are the priorities. So I'm kind of um, distilling all of that information at the moment uh, to pull out all the key issues uh, going forward. At the same time, we've also been trying to gauge uh, how, how willing people are to actually get involved in the conservation uh, of the sandstone ridge. And we've pulled together a list, a long list of nearly 70 different projects that people have suggested to us for conservation of wildlife, archaeology, access improvements, education and so on. And the Trust is um, looking at those at the moment in terms of how to take them forward. Um, in the south of the ridge, we've just submitted an application to um, Natural England for a farmer's network to work together across farm boundaries for the benefit of, of conservation. So there's a lot of um, things that have been going on over the first 12 months. Um, and following on from uh, your response to us about the Parish Council workshop, obviously Town and Parish Councils are our key partners, if you like, representatives of local communities up and down the Sandstone Ridge. Um, so we were thrilled to get your Environment Committee's response to our suggested call to action for uh, Parish Councils. Um, and that was great. You're the first council to respond in that way. So um, what we'd like to do with your agreement is to promote that response through CHALC um, to encourage other parish councils along the ridge to follow your lead. So if you're in agreement with that, we'd like to um, report back to CHALC and ask them to write a short note in their regular newsletters for other parish councils. Um, so that's one thing we'd like to, uh, to do. And then I suppose it's just a case at some future point, um, meeting with councillors Alton and Ashton to discuss in more detail how the town council and the trust can, can work together to, for the good of the, of the Sandstone Ridge. So it's a very quick snapshot in terms of, of what we're doing. Um, we have a new website that celebrates and promotes the Sandstone Ridge, um, which has been well, well received. And it would be good to link out those two websites together uh, to, to post the work that we're doing respectively. So I think that's probably enough from, from me, Chair, and we'd be happy to take questions. Anybody got any questions? Hmm? No, I mean, you know, personally, I've always had a great sort of interest in the ridge because in another life I was responsible for the management of Sandstone Trail, you know, and worked on the project to get the, the um, sort of marker in Frodium there by the Bears Poor and that. So, you know, I'm always very keen um, to, to support it because I think in recent years, because of cutbacks with quack and things like that, you know, the maintenance and the work on the ground is, I'm not saying it's neglected, but it's not at a level that it maybe was. So anything, not only the sandstone trail, you know, the, the, the wider ridge, anything to raise the profile, support it and retain that important landscape feature. You know, I mean, it, um, 
again, one event, it sounds like I'm blowing my own trumpet, was the Sandstone Trail Challenge, you know, and we got people from all over Europe taking part in that. And that's successfully been restarted again now in, in recent years, you know. So anything that lifts the profile of the ridge, I would personally support and, you know, hope that uh, the council would, would support me in that as well. Yeah. Anybody else? Okay, well, we're happy then for you to continue to liaise with our Environment Committee on Fine. taking things thanks forward. Very much. Thanks very much. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for you know, making the trip tonight and talking to us. That's really thank cool. Thank you. Right, so it's over to our PCSO, Neil Flanagan, to what's happening in the town. <coughs> Right, quite seen far away there. So. <laughs> Good evening, councillors. Uh, apologies, I'm full of cold, so uh, I might sound at my best, but I'm fine. Um, right, today has been quite a historic day for, for the police in Frodsham. Um, we've seen the opening of the, I believe it's called the Frodsham Community Police Base. It's, it's not a police station, but it's, it's a, a base, uh, a Frodsham fire station. This now means that myself, my colleague from Hellsby and another community support officer are all booking on duty from Frodsham, which is a, a real result. Um, it, it means we, we no longer have to travel from Blaken or back to Blaken at the end of, of the day. It, it means we're on our beat areas a lot sooner and we're, it gives us longer on patrol in the areas where we're required. This has been a long time coming and it, it is thanks to our supervision. I've been sort of banging on about, you know, either a lack of transport or, you know, it's taken us longer to get to our beat. And they've listened and the, the combination is um, is of this today where we're now fully and firmly back in Frodsham where we belong. Um, and the, 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 there's a vehicle that's permanently going to be based at the, the base um, and that's going to be for use by myself my colleague uh, for Hellsby and then the, the, my colleague that covers Chester Villages as well. So the likelihood is that when she's on, she will probably have the vehicle and then when it's available to John and I, we, we can then have it after her. So, so that's a step in the right direction anyway. Um, Frodsham Youth Association, last Friday night, um, myself and four colleagues spent the evening at, at the youth club with the Panic Age football um, allowing us to engage with groups of youths um, in the age ranges of 8 to 18. There's three separate groups that the youth club run. This has also meant uh, we have a greater police presence at the community centre uh, for the entire evening, following some criminal damage incidents that we've had in, in recent times. So it's, it's sort of showed that we are a presence in the area and that, that presence will continue moving forward. I've been given uh, Friday nights and Sunday afternoons as being key for the sort of damage and, and some youths that have been hanging around. I actually spoke to, to some of the youths, certainly one that was given as a name to me um, last week. And uh, they've been questioned by myself as to uh, the damage that has occurred. So, uh, the, we've got a driver engagement um, stroke awareness day on Saturday the 16th of December in Frodsham and Halsby. This will involve PCSOs and special constables where vehicles will be stopped 
and dealt with for speeding offences as well as seatbelts, mobile phone and other motion offences. I haven't decided what road or the times yet and I'm not going to make that public. <laughs> Maybe one or two. No, no, I'm not going to make that um, we held a residence meeting, it was a while ago now, but we had a residence meeting back um, mid-October for Overton and Five Crosses. This was the fourth of the, uh, the ward meetings that we've, we've held across the year. Um, it was well attended, we had about 15 residents, as well as representation from Cheshire West and Chester Council and Frodsham Town Council. The main matters arising were parking issues around the school, naturally, were, um, parking concerns over children's safety. Um, the fact that there was no enforcement of double yellow lines at the junction of Elmrise and Hillside Road. Speeding issues with speeding on Manly Road, School Lane, Kingsley Road and Hillside Road. Um, selector DNA property marking kits was raised as an issue as well with some residents asking what it is because they, they weren't aware. Uh, and certain residents have then asked for kits to be delivered to them and I've, I've done that since the, the meeting. The Frodsham Christmas Festival, a great success on Saturday, despite the weather. Um, I'm probably, it is probably one of the best days of the year, in my opinion. Uh, the year, the, this year's event passed with no major issues. Um, it was well attended, um, and I even managed to get a photograph of me with the reindeer at the end of the night, which was good. And I just want to say a big thank you to Mike Boosie and uh, his, his gang, who worked tirelessly, not just on the night, but throughout the year to, to pull the event together. Um, and it is a fabulous event. The, there are obviously issues that have arised this year that maybe didn't arise last year, and they're going to be brought up by myself at the meeting that we have in the new year to make next year's even better. So, um, On to what I've been doing with the schools. Back in October, um, Myself and, and John from Hellsby conducted school talks to pupils in years five and six and also Hellsby High School in the run-up to Halloween and bonfire night. This is an attempt to reduce antisocial behaviour. Unfortunately, we did have some antisocial behaviour, especially uh, over the few days of Halloween, where we've seen a number of pumpkins smashed at various locations. And it's, it's not nice. Some ch little children were coming up to me and they've worked hard. Uh, for, for a mindless few to, to damage them, so that'll be something that will be raised again next year, and we'll um, you know we'll look to tackle that a bit more robustly. Um, I've also done some road safety work with uh, year three and four pupils at Frodsham Weaver Vale School, teaching them how to cross the road safely. I've delivered a drug and alcohol awareness presentation to young people at the youth club a couple of weeks ago, and I've got another presentation planned at Hellsby High School in a couple of weeks. I've also got planned a Stranger Danger talk at Frodsham and Beavers next week. And then finally, police surgeries for, for December. Um, I've got a, a new police surgery on Monday the 11th of December between 10.30 and 11.30. I'm at Brew and Tucker on Church Street. I've been told the coffee's excellent, so I couldn't miss the opportunity. So I'm going to be, be there for an hour and they've kindly allowed me to, to go upstairs and they're going to promote, promote it there. So. And then Wednesday the 13th of December between 11 and 12, I'll be here at Castle Park. And the same again on Thursday the 21st of December between 10 and 11 at Castle Park. And that's me, Bill. Chair, um, <coughs> if you remember, um, 
when we had the police here and they was going to uh, take our officers to Blaken, travelling back and to and that, and I was the councillor said it wouldn't last long. Wear and tear of vehicles, the fuel, the time wasted and everything, and my word it's come true. I think this is now the time, I know it's on the agenda, but this is now the time we've got a new place and I know it will be looked after with Neil because his art's there. I think if we do decide, if we do decide, and I hope you all do tonight, if we do have CCTV in Frodion, this can be directed to there instead of going to Chester and the officers are on, on the beat immediately. And I think this is a golden opportunity that Frodium's been missing for some years. I think we could, Councillor Poulton will be covering that when we get to... <coughs> well, it's not only Councillor Poulton, it's Councillor Pennington as well, and other councillors. Yeah, no, I mean, we'll all of us. get to the discussion. I want all of us to be involved. Thanks very much, Neil. Okay, I just wanted to say, in case I don't see some of you before, have a good Christmas and a, and a happy new year to you as well. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Right. Anybody else to think Okay, so now it's over to Councillor Bolton to talk about CCTV. Uh, this is a subject that was brought up when I first became a councillor in 2015. Um, and I think some councillors and don't remember what they said then because there was opposition to it. There was opposition to it by our quack councillors. Um, Councillor Dawson and Riley said that it was, would be too expensive for Frodsham to go into. And I was told that it had been brought up in previous times and it had always been rejected. I'm agreeing with Councillor Pennington that now is the time and maybe because there's going to be differences in the way that we fund the PCSO and there are people now who are actively canvassing. Um, I know that we have um, councillors here tonight who are actively now canvassing for it um, with our Cheshire West and Chester councillors. And I know that there has been rumours that budgets of theirs could be put in. People from the pub watch have uh, created interest. And we've even put in a grant application to the PCC. I think what type of um, CCTV is very important. Um, there are two types that are running currently in Cheshire. One is the one where it is just a recording device and the police can look back on the following day. But the one that I would promote, and I know it's the most expensive, is the one that I think Councillor Pennington is suggesting as well, is the one that actually looks at the one on the day and we can go out and make an impact. <clears throat> now, I know a lot of people have said, well, you know, if they're going out tooled up to do a job, they're going to have a baseball cap on and a hoodie on. Well, I agree. But... At the moment, our nighttime economy is causing a problem in High Street and Main Street, and they don't have baseball bats on. And if we can cut this down, um, I'm all for it. And I hope you as a council think it's worthwhile pursuing with the other parties 
getting them round the table, all these people who say they are now for it, let's get them round the table with the police, with our PCSO, with the pub watch team, and say, right, how can we go about this? How can we fund it? Because what we've got to remember is, it's not just the buying of the cameras, it's the maintenance and the surveillance. So I leave it up to you councillors to make the decision. Yeah, could I just, uh, one of the things I'd like to ask is, is there any evidence that having CCTV does actually deter and reduce I think the thing, any antisocial behaviour? The thing is, Councillor Ashton, you've only got to look at what Operation Shield has done to certain areas in Frodsham that's got it. The crime rate um, in Ashton Drive and around there, with the signs that they're at, has been a deterrent alone. I think it will deter quite a lot of people if they think somebody's looking. Can we somebody's ask looking. Neil if he's yeah, yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't answer the question. My opinion is that it will. It will be a deterrence. Okay. Um, anything that we've got. I know how it works in Chester City Centre. I believe it would work the same. There would be someone at um, Chester that would monitor the cameras. But we're in concert. They they have the same radios that we have, and they can say straight away if there's something going on. And we can be there. The PCSOs love it in Chester. Yeah. So, um, Councillor Martin, then Councillor. I was just going to ask for an opinion. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can verify that it does work because we had incidents a few years back and we were told by the PCSOs at the time to video because we had antisocial behaviour on a constant weekend and we had footage. And when we dialed 999, we could actually show the police at the time and they'd stop the train and they actually. Yeah, I mean, um, CCTV can be a deterrent, uh, but more to the point, if it's been remotely monitored real time, then it can detect crime, absolutely, in, the, in, in real time. So uh, I'm massively in favour of this. I think most of you know that I campaigned on this issue as well. Um, I can't you know, support CCTV enough, especially with remote monitoring. People have the radios linking to the police in real time. Something's happening right now on Main Street. Uh, get officers there. Okay. Thanks, Councillor Alton and Councillor Jones. Yeah, um, I think we've, we've always been so fortunate in Frodium that we have been ring fenced out of serious crime in a way. And I'm not saying that Frodium is getting worse in that respect, but I think it's a good opportunity um, for us to make sure that we maintain the status quo if nothing else. Um, I was always very surprised that Frodium didn't have CCTV. Travelling around the country with my work as I do, there's hardly a, a town or even village to a certain extent that doesn't have CCTV. So, um, you know, we've been lucky in Frodium in a way that we, we've not, not needed it, but we've managed to get by without it. And as I say, I'm not saying that crime is getting particularly worse in Frodium. But I think with technology now as well, I mean, at one time you would have had to wired things up and all sorts of things, you know, with Wi-Fi and, and the internet and all that other scary stuff out there. It's an awful lot simpler now, and I'm sure that that would bring down the, the, the capital required um, to, to put it in. I know that um, when I was with the fire service, I, I had the chance to go into some of the control centres, the one in Ellesmere Port, and it was amazing there how they worked in with PubWatch and in with the local police. So instead of police having to drive round all the night looking for crime and maybe missing something that went on, it's amazing how the guys that, and girls that control them cameras can identify trends 
and things like that. It's not Big Brother. It, it's basically looking after us and, and what you know what we're investing in as a community. But it, it was amazing to see how they would notice things, and the police can be there very often, sometimes just as a deterrent, just when they're going to do something and they walk around the corner and there's a police car there because they've been noted and it doesn't happen, you know, maybe that's not ideal, but I'm not saying we should arrest everybody that looks a little bit suspicious coming into Frodium, but I, I, I would support it 101%, uh, most Councilor definitely. Jones. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree, I think it's uh, critical with uh, some of the um, crime that we've seen in Frodium with the break-ins of the, you know, the post office and the travel agents, um, quite shocking stuff at the time. Um, there is definitely public support, councillors Lynn Riley and Andrew Dawson, last year at the Christmas Festival, held a stand and gained over a thousand signatures in support of getting CCTV. And going off um, Councillor Poulton's uh, point earlier, is that yeah, we, we do all need to work in partnership to try and deliver this. No one person or body <coughs> can deliver this on their yeah. own. Okay, Councillor Reynolds, I have Have we, um, we, we're talking about, about doing work with, with the police in relation to this, I mean, have we also considered commercial contractors um, to, for schemes in production? Not at this stage, no. because we've had positive um, feedback from the Police and Crime Commissioner and Cheshire West. So but that doesn't mean we, we don't we <coughs> show that we also consider commercial contractors, because they, they might have, they might have, uh, better schemes because you know if, if we don't know, should we be considering commercial contracts yeah. too? I think that's something that we we can explore with the interested parties. Can I, yes, um, no. in the last four years, the old days pensioners of this area now have jumped from nineteen and a half percent up to twenty six and a half percent. So there's more older people coming to live at Prodium and retire here and think it's the best place to retire and I think it's for us councillors to make sure they are safe and not be skingy. Let's spend the money and get those going. I think as well, uh, Councillor Poulton myself, we represent Prodium Town Council at the various uh, meetings with the PCC etc. I would like Certainly, if Councillor Poulton could take this forward and get a meeting set up with interested parties and let the council know, and then those of us that want to attend can attend, and we'll try and take it forward. Sorry, just a quick one. Um, I was speaking to my chief inspector about this very matter earlier on, and he said that if there is um, a pot of money available from Cheshire West and Chester Council, mm -hmm. um, if, if the town council applied, there might be some scope there as well. Yeah, so. I think we'd already we've, had that sort right. of um, we've, we've had the feedback. feedback. I mean, all I was asking councillors tonight was to let us go forward and find out the actual facts. Yeah. And there yeah. isn't a closed door policy, so it might be a private company that yeah. has the best idea. Um, <coughs> but while if we can get linked with a system that's already developed and being um, scrutinised in Chester, yeah. that's obviously going to be a cheaper price yeah. for us. Yes. So, I, well, I think it, it seems that we're all in favour then of yeah. Council Poulton taking this forward yeah. and yeah. getting a meeting organised so that we can right. get the ball rolling. Okay, thank you. Um, move on to agenda item 114, um, finance management. Yeah. Pink papers, as usual. Uh, there's one slight change in this 
I monthly report that we've not had before, and I've included the bank statements to go alongside bank reconciliation. Um, Councillor Critchley and I attended a, a finance and VAT training session run by Chalk a couple of weeks ago, and one of the other members at the training said, but how did the council know that the figures you're giving them about what's in the bank is correct? So we decided that we would give you the bank statement so you can actually see where we're getting the figures from in the bank reconciliation. Um, so within the pack, you've got the usual summary against each of the committees. Uh, you've got the budget, the first quarter, the July and August figures which were presented to the last council, the September <coughs> figures, um, and the October figures, because they're the ones we're presenting today, really. And then the total and the, the balance available against the budget. Um, then there's key observations about some of the activity to try and explain where we are. Um, so like the events committee was, was only established after the second quarter. Um, the capital expenditure we're now starting to have 50% uh, of the Park Lane area costs have been paid. We've purchased the van and we've had two new laptops um, and we've paid the grant to the Fortune Youth Association. Um, the balance of the contribution towards the cost of the PCSO has been paid and the lease for uh, Townfield Lane has been paid. So those are sort of all key observations. Then on the income side, um, the, we always have the explanation about what the other income is. And that's explained there. The only extra income on what's not already been reported is a bit of photocopying. Um, and then you've then got the monthly breakdown against each of the headings in the cash sheet, that book. And then the expenditure for October and September. So you've got the monthly breakdown, the all the payments that were made, all the income that have been received for both September and October. Are there any questions? So, that's wonderful, Hazel. Thank you for all your hard work putting this together and making it understandable. Is it the reason Christmas lights is in tomorrow? So I've got a figure against one, but it's in twice. Is it one is the maintenance costs, right. and the other's for capital expenditure, so if we had to replace the lights. Everybody has it in Is it worth saying that these have been in front of the finance committee? Yeah, we've, we've had this, a meeting of the finance scrutiny committee where we went in detail through some of the figures that are presented here today. But only up to the end of September, it didn't include the October figures. Right. Thank you, Chair. So we're moving on to agenda item one one five. Now you, you will um, no doubt remember that a little while ago we talked about moving to having meetings once every two months for full council and for the committee. We decided to do that for full council, but the committee wanted to continue to meet on a monthly basis. Um, what we have found, certainly what um, the office have found, that this makes it very, very complicated uh, to get the full town council meetings organised because they end up with two lots of paperwork for every committee. Um, when we discussed 
I'm here, here about reverting to the old system of having all meetings monthly. The suggestion was that, well, we should try it this other way first and go on to a meeting once every two months. But rather than have all committee meetings in one month and full council the next, that we would try and even out the number of meetings in every month. And Hazel and I have looked at schedules and we've come up with this a proposed meeting schedule for the rest of this year and for all of next year. Um, and obviously, if any committee or full council decide they need to meet for any, any, an emergency matter, then the chairs have always been able to call them for emergency meetings. That won't change. But we, we now have this schedule where we never have more than what, a maximum of five meetings a month. So the question is... Just a point. It wouldn't stop any chair, therefore, if, say, we got... I'm purely thinking of events. If there was an event coming up, we'd need to put another meeting in. That yeah. would be purely acceptable. Yeah. Okay, I see no problem. But the, I think at, at the moment in the office, Hazel and Liz seem to be spending so much time getting papers ready for yet another meeting, then restricted from getting on with the, the meat of their job. Councillor Martin. Um, I can't see anywhere. Would it be prudent to put the AJM on? I think we might have April, May. <coughs> it would be at the same time as the full council meeting. Yeah, we do the two meetings on the same day. It's normally 24th. 21st. Yeah. So it's the 21st. 21st of May. That would be included at the AGM. Yeah. So, so, Chair, just to be sure then, if we went to every other month, mm. we would still have the scope for a committee to call a meeting, which they. How, how could they do that? Would they have to get X number of councillors to propose no. it like we do an extraordinary, uh, no. extraordinary meeting? They could just call that on a casual basis. The chairs can do chair. it. Yeah, okay, fine. Thanks for clarifying that. Could I make one comment? You've made the point about you know, how much papers they have to get together. I would really try to, like to advocate is that we do go electronic. Um, mm. I, I mean, I pick up everything off the website when I'm reading it, and I just think, as a council now, we have so much paper yeah. and so yeah. much photocopying. One of the things, was this at PMP we discussed it, um, you know this overhead projector thing doesn't yeah. work, we're, we're going to buy one, yeah. and instead of having all of the papers in front of us, each paper can be projected onto yeah. a wall or a screen, mm. um, so that you know, you don't have to have all the pieces of paper in front of you. I think we'd have to allow that Councillor Pennington oh, gets them early prior. Yes. Um, I mean, we'll all still get them by email, but you don't have to have them printed out no. and have them in front of you. Yeah. Good idea. So is that the main reason, really, for going every other month, then? Well, yes, yeah, because I, I, I don't know. Some of the committees I go to, half of the stuff on the agenda it's just, well, I will have to leave that because there's not been time to do it. Put it on the agenda for next month. Yeah. So I, I think it's very difficult to get a piece of work done within the time scale on, on most I, matters. I would just like to say I'd like to, and I'm sure um, Councillor Pennington, um, who is father of the council, I think the amount of work we're now getting done in committee 
and, and that's where the hard and fast work's done, mm. I think we are achieving, and we're achieving mm. very well. Um, and I'm grateful um, to everybody that helps. Um, but I, the main reason for me was to get to make sure that we can obtain as many councillors as possible to these meetings. Um, and I think that this is the way forward. Yeah, Chair, I think as long as we have the proviso in there that we can call an extra meeting. Mm. I know with in environment, we, we rely quite a lot on members of the public to bring their expertise yeah. and that to the meeting. Mm. Um, you know, and I think that's important to retain that. Um, but I, I do agree sometimes that, um, you know, items that come up, they just can't get sorted before the next meeting. Um, but I think as long as we have, you know, as Paul has said, the, the, you know, the proviso there to call an extra meeting if necessary. I, I would just ask you to please consider a trial of yeah, this. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work, we can go back to yeah. all meetings I, being on a monthly I, basis. I think it's important, you know, to A, encourage more councillors to attend committee meetings if they can, also to have some hard and fast standing items on the agendas, um, but also, you know, because of the nature of environment, and I'm sure community as well, things do need to be talked through, you, you know, so sometimes those meetings can be quite long and lots of minutes to take and process, you know, so um, I think it's important that we we allow members of the public to come to those committees and have their input, but also that we, we, we do try and keep to maybe a bit of a tighter st standing items on the agenda. Through the Chair, Mr Mayor, I know with your committee in particular, it's quite seasonal in, in some yeah, things, yeah. and you're busier at a busy time of Most the year, definitely. and I think the events committee is going to be exactly the mm. same, where we might have to throw another meeting in. But I think on the basis of, of this as a template, I think we could just try and work it through for a, a couple of um, times and see if it's popular. But I vote we vote on block. So, anybody else want to have a say on this before we have to go to a vote? Can I, I mean, just looking at the schedule now, um, I'm just noticing since next January, I'm going to be attending six meetings in the month because of the committee come on. Um, yeah. And it's, it's those kind of things where I think I'd like yes. to work it before I actually make a comment because I just think I am going to be attending far more meetings than well, I am doing. Well, the, no, no because can't. they can't be because there are fewer meetings altogether because the committees are only meeting once every two months, apart from ones that only meet once every three months. Right. Exactly. You're not putting yourself on any extra committees, so you've got no extra workload than you've got now. Right, it just looks a lot. Yeah, but if I you suppose. think about it, if PMP and community met in January as well, I don't know whether you're, you're on those. No. no, I'm in community. Yeah, so you'd be having one more meeting than mm. this. So thing. what we're saying is community would meet in January, environment in February. Yeah. 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 Yes. I mean, I'm not yeah. quoting that's gone out. And go January, yeah. February, January, community, February. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the juxtap, yes. yeah, the other way around. I mean, yeah, I was just using that as an it, example. It, yeah. Community and environment are meeting in alternate months and PMP. Yeah, because it's balancing it, isn't it? And Whether you want five meetings in a week and then a month off, 
mm. or whether you want a couple of meetings in January and a couple of meetings in February. So yeah, and January's January. unusual because we've got a full-time council meeting and we've got a yeah. budget meeting, so yeah. that normally doesn't happen. Yeah. 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 And on the cemetery is quarterly. Yeah. Anyway, and finance is quarterly, yeah. Our uh, second yeah, proposal then. Yeah, there are yes. six meetings planned there. Yeah, there's two two months between each cemetery and Yeah, but they're supposed to be quarterly meetings. Yeah. I think it's because the cemetery You've got six in the, in the year, which means it's every other yeah, month this and is, there shouldn't be that many. This is for more than a year. This is, this is yeah. For uh, a year and four months. It's one and a third years, isn't it? If you just look you'd see there are two months. When there are no meetings between each one, yeah. Yeah. Paul seconded the second. Yeah. So we're we ready to vote on this. All those in favour of trialling it? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody against? Abstentions? Thank you, everybody. Mm. Right, moving on to 116 minutes. Take these on block. Uh, no. Oh. I, I think uh, I think I, I, I would actually propose items one, two, um, and four could be taken on block. I think item three to be in terms of reference to the staffing sub subcommittee should be taken separately. Okay. okay. So recommendation <coughs> one. Uh, can we take a vote on whether we do a block vote on one, two, and four? Those in yeah. <coughs> so right, all those in favour of agreeing to recommendations one, two and four. No, I'm going to attend the meeting. <coughs> and so we then we go to recommendation three to agree the terms of reference for the staffing subcommittee. Yeah, I, I would actually just like to say this particular point that the uh, the benefit I actually see of a staffing subcommittee, I think, is quite excellent. But I am concerned about the terms of reference because uh, we we have here it to me it's highly biased um, towards um, the staff, and we we have a right of responsibility to protect uh, residents' money and spend. Uh, in how it is uh, done and accountability for how um, employees operate and um, and I hope that's not going to be forgotten um, when the staffing subcommittee which I actually very much welcome 
in addition to this council, um, starts uh, operating. So well, what change are you looking for in terms of... I would actually, I, I would actually like to see um, <coughs> that, the, um, that the actual... Uh, the the, the uh, terms and conditions actually do actually extend uh, to um, uh, providing for outside and independent um, HR consultation in relation to this because um, whichever whichever way you look at it, um, uh, you know we are not HR. We've got that experts. paragraph two point six. No, we haven't. No, we've not. We've not got it clearly stating at two point six. Two point six. Independent I, external advisors may attend if required. No, no independent external should be appointed. Actually, internal external advisors should be appointed for this committee. Can I just make a point, Madam Chair? Yeah. Um, I think when we, when this was all set out and what was going to be done, we decided that. Um, the opportunity would be sent out to all councillors and it was suggested that councillors that had experience of their own business, that had experience of unions, that had experience of HR and the councillors that were chosen to sit on that committee all answer that criteria. So I think with the internal 2.6 being there that this can be done without any fear or favour, and if there is an external body that needs to come in, the terms of reference state it. No, we can vote on it, but I'd, I'd... Well, I'd like to propose a vote that we do it as... as can I just answer the question? That independent external advisors, for a simple reason, if we did require um, an external advisor with a particular skill set, that we would be looking around anyway, so to actually appoint Someone to name some people at the point that would be futile because we may be looking for people with particular skill sets. It depends on what the issue is. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else want to have a say on this? Right, so Councillor Reynolds, are you proposing that we make that change? I'm proposing that we appoint independent um, HR advisors. To the uh, to the uh, staffing subcommittee. Anybody want to anybody want to second councillor? So, sorry, can you, can you? I don't quite understand. So you mean that at all times we would have to have a representative? I I actually believe that the HR is such an important area that, uh, that you should all, all, always have Tell access to an. We would have to um, go through a tendering process to get the HR consultants, and we would have to have them on a monthly retainer to have such. Advice you don't actually have to go through a tendering process for certain, for certain aspects. Do if, if I'm correct, going to the standing orders, don't the standing orders say that if there's if this people with certain specific um, skills that you can actually avoid the tendering process? Cause it's well, been no, we about. would have to pay for the sort of person you're talking about, we would have to pay for them to attend. But so that's, we would have to yeah, that's, go through so a tendering process. Isn't that good stewardship? Yeah, but but that wouldn't, we're not buying a one off service, we're, it's a contract, a retainer. Yeah. So Can I just remind council we've got three members of staff? Yeah. So does anybody want to second Councillor Reynolds' proposal? No. So well then, can we then um, vote on whether we adopt this these terms of reference or have a proposal and a second? Propose. All those in favour? All those against? 
Abstentions? Okay, carried. Community committee just to note the minutes of the meeting of the 20th of November and her recommendations. Can I just, uh, I know, know we're conscious we've got a big agenda, but um, with Park Lane being in the community, right. one of the person or person that helped me at the beginning was an ex Roger Parish Council out Yates. So I'd just like it minuted because he passed away a few weeks ago. Yes. Um, he was sort of the main one, and it was a project parish council, I think, with Tommy a long time ago, and I'd just like it to be minuted, please. I'd like to uh, express my thanks for your help. Thanks. Yeah. You've got enough time for the minutes. Over. What was the council's name, sorry? Lanciates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 One one six point five cemetery committee to note the minutes of the meeting <coughs> on the sixth of October. Yeah. And one one six point six events committee to note the minutes of the meeting of the fourteenth of November. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to working groups, one one seven point one World War One commemorative working group to note the minutes of the working group meetings on 20th of September, 18th of October, and 15th of November. Excuse me, haven't you missed out the events committee uh, minutes? I've yeah. just said that. 6.6. Yeah. Do you have a comment? No, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I must, I must be deaf. Could I just ask a question there about um, uh, item, uh, uh, item number 30, the events programme? Um, the programme for 2018 and 19 was discussed, um, and you're proposing to uh, have uh, the, the Carnival and St George's Day Parade. I thought St George's Day Parade was, wasn't actually a Frodsham Town Council event. I thought it was, it was the uh, St George's Day Parade was actual mayor's event. That was year. last year. Yeah. So are you actually proposing that the St George's Day Parade is actually uh, becomes a, a standard Frodsham uh, item in the calendar. Yeah. So isn't that a separate issue to be discussed? That rather than that? Because that's quite a big quite a big issue. Right? No. These are potential for events for 2017 eight, um, 18, 19. So you're not actually you when you're actually sort of saying here that uh, to know the minutes of the meeting and decisions taken, so decisions taken. So there's actually no proposal so, so that, no that's proposal. that's not really in stone and as, as with the carnival. We're we're exploring that. Can I help you out? Um, there's nothing written in stone. We're hoping to pull in members of the public, just like the environment's good lead is on this. There is an appetite with people that enjoyed the St George's Day Parade last year to have another one. There are many items that was, uh, will come up and they will be treated by the events committee and put forward to this council as and when appropriate. We're happy with World War One. Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group to note the minutes of the meetings held on 
Second of October, 16th of October, 30th of October, and 13th of November. Madam Chair, I think when it comes to the neighbourhood plan, I think we every month note the minutes, note the meetings. I think it's come time now, however, that we need some timing and some structure. This neighbourhood plan is taking an awful long time when it's pre when it's other areas in the borough is not taking this time and I'm just wondering how long it's going to go before we have a set of plans that is being put because it's such a long way from the finish line and it's costing time, effort and money. So I'd like to know, is there any structure from the steering committee to come to a time when we can say we are putting our neighbourhood plan to Cheshire West and Chester. Um, are you in a position yes, to give us an update? We've actually had a meeting today. Um, what, one of the reasons we're doing things in a lot of detail is because we want to prevent what has happened in Helsby happening in Fodgham. Um, there is a lot of ground to cover. For example, what's happened well, in Helsby? Being granted planning permission for affordable housing opposite the high school, and that was not addressed in the neighbourhood plan. And we, when we submit our neighbourhood plan, we will have identified potentially where houses can be built in Fodgham and what will need to be addressed in order for those houses to be built. So, how long um, do you think that that's going to take? Well. We had Jill Smith came to see us at the last meeting. She's given some very clear guidance um, as to how she thinks um, certain areas need to be covered in greater detail than we actually were covering them. And because Jill Smith is from planning, quite planning. Yes, quite planning. So <clears throat> that that's our one of the things that we're we're going to we are addressing at the moment. Plus we're trying to engage the community and trying to get their assets registered. Um, any assets of community value, we will actually be sending an email to the town council because we believe that the town council actually own assets that are of community value. And if you register them with Cheshire West, it means that um, they are registered and cannot just be um, used for future planning and for people to take over. Can I just check with you, can they only be registered by the owner of the land? Yes. Yeah. And we've got, we've got all the information of how that can go and we can help them with that. My, so biggest, my biggest worry is, Councillor Ashton, <laughs> that there's larger town councils than us that have completed their neighbourhood plan very successfully. Um, I can name Winsford as one. Well, they're actually saying now that places like Winsford and others, those plans now wouldn't actually pass because the criteria, a lot of the criteria have changed. Um, so again, we're, we're taking advice as to what we need to, needs to be done. Please, by all means, anybody come to our meetings and see. I mean, the detail that we have to go into. Um, like today, there were three of us there. Yeah. Um, sure. Through the chair, I, I'd like to come to the meetings, and I might be wrong, but they've all been at lunchtime. Uh, They're in the, the any, afternoon. Is the any, well, yeah, sorry, one thirty. Is there any chance of having one in the evening? I'll, I'll request yeah, it. Because um, mm -hmm. I, I would like to come along. Yeah. I was involved right at the beginning on just, mm -hmm. you know, on the meetings, and really just a, a listening brief, but 
it's always nice when you can be there, but I, I find, you know, again with working, it, it, it ring fences me out. How many regular members are there of the committee? I suppose... Regular, um, every time? Six. And you have three attend today? Yeah. Because people are on holiday. So, if I'm right then, you're saying that Winsford Neighbourhood Plan now isn't fit for purpose because no, the, the, the criteria has changed. Yeah, the criteria have changed. Is that the examiners would not. We did at PMP suggest that we ask the neighbourhood plan group to make a formal presentation to council. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good idea. Yeah, that would be good. Good idea. Yeah. Well, have they Peter Vickery's been? Yeah. No, but to come again and give an update. Yeah. Peter is actually in Australia. Um, weeks. No. So, can I just have one quick question because I noticed from the notes of one of the meetings you've talked about the housing needs survey is that completed yet? Yes. could the council have a copy of that? well it's, you'll have we, can we, sure whether we I think it's on, our, it's on the website is it? but that presentation can be made because that, that information came from Cheshire West we requested that they came to us and presented yeah. it to us I just think it's important that as a town council we see a housing yeah. Yeah. survey. But it could be that we get the gentleman in to come and present yeah. to everyone. Okay. Well, anybody else got anything? Yeah, I think it's not something that we wish to, you know, um, get carried away and sort of. We need to think about this. You know, it's a, it's a plan that we're going to use for the future of Frodium and we need to make sure it's done thoroughly and properly, which is what this group is doing. Mm -hmm. um, so. I think the problem with what happened in Helsby is that it went to a committee meeting and the, the, the plan that was put in front of them was voted on in favour by um, a couple of Labour councillors who knew the plan existed, knew that there was some local opposition towards it, knew all the parameters of it and still voted in favour of putting that forward. Um, so it's, it's up to both Cheshire West to acknowledge that we have a plan and know what, um, what the idea is and what people think of it. But until we have a plan, then it's... Cheshire West it's can't not, say anything. Not, but we really, can't, no. no it's not worth anything, anything, is it? Because we haven't got a plan we can use to defend our green, green belt. Yeah. It, has to, it has to go out to referendum for the public to have their say, so it's yeah. not just about this council. Oh, well, well, no, I'm, I'm with council. Chair, I'm with Councillor Fulter. How long is it going to take? You well, know what? I, I mean to say, I was sat here the other morning waiting for the clerk to fetch something to me. And, uh, and lo and behold, two councillors I know from two different two different uh, councils said said to me openly, when are you going, when yours going to be complete, Frank? I said, I don't know, I'm not on the committee. Well, but it can't go on and on and on. I think it's it's something that Councillor Ashton will feed back to the, the, the working group and hopefully we'll have something at the next meeting somebody can present. I wouldn't say, you mean at the next town council meeting? Yeah, yeah I don't mean a, a finished plan, I mean a, a, a time it's scale. Possible. Yeah, I mean there's no way that will. Um, what date is the next one? Is it the end of January? 22nd of January. I think to reiterate from Councillor Ashton's point is that, you know, it's an open meeting, anyone can attend. I think it's valid that, you know, if it was held in yeah. the evenings, you know, we'd probably, mm -hmm. we have done that before in the past. So, so the public, yeah. are, anybody can go to oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody can attend. Yeah. We, we treat, we, um, 
again, it's trying to get the engagement of people to. Yeah. Yeah. So Do you think it would help us? Sorry for interrupting you. Sorry for being rude there. Um, making it more known to people. You know, I don't think the community are aware, really. Yeah, well, also, I, I've never yeah, seen any notice of people work. I work shifts, Alan works away. I think it's, it's just getting more um, posts on social media now, but yeah. not just social media. No, I, I mean, it, on social media, I've been making a lot of references to help people can input, haven't you? You know, I, I, yeah. I see that quite. We've quite, had three open days. Yeah, quite, quite yeah. regularly. Um, yeah. um, we've put stuff out in the community, um, but nobody comes back to us. I'd right. just like to say, if I may, sorry. sorry just like to say, we've had open days, we've had consultations, we've Twittered and Facebooked and done everything. My thing is, this is all engagement, and I believe that we have to have a referendum. Now that we can't have a referendum unless we've got a plan. And somebody has got to physically do that plan so that it can be put to the residents of Frodsham. All my question is is how long more have we got to wait? Because other towns and parishes are getting them in well before us. Before we can get, have, go to a referendum, the um, plan has to be submitted to Cheshire West for examination, and the examiner can refuse it. We don't want to be presenting something to Cheshire West and the examiner and it getting refused. Yeah. We're so, taking guidance. Okay, well, I think we're all starting to repeat ourselves now. I think um, Councillor Ashton's got the message loud and clear. And that the best that we can hope for is that it's taken back to the working group and we'll perhaps have a bit more feedback at the next meeting. Okay. We move on then to Councillor Dawson, Cheshire West and Chester. Good evening, everybody. Sorry, it's just me. Uh, Lynn is chairing a meeting in Chester, and she released me from that meeting to uh, to come and talk to you. So first, can I start off with congratulating and thanking everybody involved with the Christmas festival? It's a shame you couldn't organise the weather because the weather, as we all know, was cold and horrible. Um, big thanks to everybody who kept us safe and all the volunteers. I think they did a fantastic job. And uh, thanks to the mayor for shouting out to me as he went past on the, uh, the bus. I'm certainly very, very cold, but uh, it was very good. Uh, I think Cheshire West owes the organisers a bit of an apology with regard to the wheelie bins that didn't uh, arrive. Uh, it has caused something of uh, an investigation to take place within Cheshire West. For those of you who don't know, um, Mike Pusey phoned me on Saturday morning. Where are the wheelie bins? Uh, that caused me to try and activate the 24-hour contact arrangements for Cheshire West, which resulted in dismal failure, which I was very, very unimpressed by. Um, and I then emailed uh, the chief executive directly, basically saying, your website's wrong, the telephone numbers are wrong. When I phone the right telephone number, I get diverted to the wrong thing. And look, I can't get hold of anybody at the weekend. God help anybody else. Uh, so there is very much a steward's inquiry going on about it. But I'm delighted that alternative arrangements were made. And we have to say thank you to the street stream uh, guys who actually went out and cleaned the place. Uh, I certainly thank some of the PCSOs um, on, on Saturday because I think they do a fantastic job as well. Okay, Castle Park. Lots of news about uh, Castle Park. Unfortunately, I don't think anybody, well, I know nobody from FTC came to our last Castle Park Trust meeting. Um, we are going to put a formal request in to Cheshire West 
to change the designation of the top field. The top field here is not within the charity, and we think it must go within the charity. When the land was originally bought, it was bought for housing purposes, and that housing purpose was confirmed by the Labour Cabinet Minister in January of this year. And bearing in mind all the push for housing and all the rest of it, we must get rid of it. Now, to be fair to Councillor Armstrong, he has said, please put a proposal to me, and he seems, I hope, willing to help try and get that designation changed so that the top field comes within uh, the charity. So we're going to be working on that. And Castle Park Trust will be asking uh, Castle Park and the house and the parkland to be formally designated within uh, the neighbourhood plan. Um, we have launched a, a Castle Park activity game called the 12 Days of Christmas, and if Frodsham Life would like to push the 12 uh, Days of Christmas, the idea it's like a sort of Pokemon game that you can download an app. Uh, the app brings you here, the starting point is by the children's playground, but the idea is that you, there are 12 stations within Castle Park to go out and play the game. There are prizes that are out there for fast people, winning teams, and so on and so forth. It's an idea to get people active. Also, we think this sort of methodology is ideal for getting people out and visiting the town centre, visiting the shops. And Lynn and I have showcased the app to some of our businesses at the weekend, and we intend to showcase it to more, like you guys, to get involved in it as well. But it's a great way to actually have routes around town. You can do it for shops, you can do it for leisure, you can do it for the churches, you name it. The only limitation is our imagination. We are funding the game through members' grants and through Castle Park Trust uh, that's there. Now, unfortunately, I wasn't here uh, for your CCTV uh, meeting. Um, I, I'm presuming you're going ahead for it or trying to push forward. Now, Castle Park Trust has always been the mechanism and the forum within which we've discussed CCTV uh, for Frodsham since 2007. And we're very anxious and have been anxious from, since 2007 for that to happen. Castle Park Trust stands ready to put contributions into any CCTV system. Uh, and there are many resolutions from the Castle Park Trust over the years saying exactly this. And uh, we'll join with it with a proviso, of course, that the CCTV covers the park. Um, some of our antisocial behaviour does take place here, and providing the system can work with it, it makes sense that contributions are made here. And Lynn and I also stand ready to put contributions in from our members' grants. We raised this uh, with Cheshire West formally, and of course there was a petition which um, Councillor Jones put forward last year. We, uh, Lynn spoke to regulatory services only today for regulatory services at Cheshire West to say they didn't think they had any part to play in relation to it. Uh, they thought it was all uh, potentially with the police going forward. I, I, personally, I think it shows regulatory services are somewhat uh, out of touch uh, with regard uh, to that, and Lynn and I will be pushing that very, very hard. I'm delighted the Police and Crime Commissioner did give you, or has offered you, money in relation to it. And for those of you who don't know, that actually followed a question that I tabled with him, and it was after that table was questioned with him, more than, God, seven, eight months ago, whenever it was, uh, that he actually came on board and offered you the money. Unfortunately, I've not been able to speak to the Police and Crime Commissioner since then. Why? Because he's not turned up to two Police and Crime panel meetings. We will be having a meeting with him on the 1st of December, and I'll be raising CCTV with him then. But I, I would like to hear from you guys where you are in relation to it, because there's no point in having two separate efforts going on. Let's make one effort where all of us are pulling in the same direction to get uh, what the most effective CCTV we, 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 we can. We agreed earlier that uh, 
Mally is going to continue to lead on this because Mally and I are the, the representatives of policing. Um, but I mean, I, I think we can go back a bit longer than seven <coughs> or eight months. We've been talking to the PCC about CCTV for from the, the day he was elected. So. Absolutely. Well, well he's, he's you, you can go positive. back to John Blyer. You can see the questions that have been taken yeah. with the police asking for CCTV yeah. and project. It goes back years. Yeah. And it's been, it's been yeah. raised for years. Councillor Dawson, can I just, because you've missed um, the crux of the matter, when I brought it forward to this council in 2015, you and Lynn disagreed with it. You said that, that there was no need for it. It was too expensive. That's not correct, Mally. What well, I'm said, sorry, I've got the minutes. No, well, your minutes may be wrong. The point we would be putting to you was what we had been told by others over the years, and indeed around this table. That's always been the argument that's been put forward by the police and Cheshire West, that it's too expensive. What's happened over recent years is, of course, the cost of the equipment and the cost of the uh, electronic storage has plummeted. The, you know, we're all walking around with smartphones, which are very, very capable as high-definition cameras these days. You go back over time, producing a high-definition camera is an extremely expensive item. Those expenses, that, those costs have plummeted. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's been a massive change uh, in, in relation to technology. Let's take advantage of it. Yeah, what we're looking at doing, though, we're looking at town centre. Yeah. That's where we want the CCTV, and that's where the police want it because Absolutely. they've got concerns about the nighttime economy yeah. issues. So. I, I, so but we're, it, we're taking that forward. That I, I agree with that. If it can be extended here, great. If it can't, we understand, but let's, let's explore it to see uh, what can be done in relation uh, yeah. to that. The parish and parish council governance review is entering what probably is its final stage, bearing in mind any orders about parish reviews need to be made this, well, sorry, 2018, so that they are ready for elections um, in 2019. Why is this important to Fronsham? Well, it's important on two levels. One is if you want any changes made, you still have an opportunity to do it. The only change I think you might want to do, if you wanted to do it, would be reduce the number of councillors. You'd still have an opportunity to write in and say, take us from 16 to 12 or something of that order. But that's in your hands or in the community's hands. Um, but the other issue is there's going to be significant debate and discussion on your boundaries in relation to Inns Marshes and the surrounding area. Now, the... An anomaly of history, when Vale Royal created Frodsham Town Council, Frodsham Town's council boundary was pushed out into half the River Mersey, into the estuary that's out there, and that was, I think, the right thing to do. When those who were responsible for parishing around Ince and Elton, they did not do the same thing. And ironically, Ince does not have Ince marshes within its parish, where we have Frodsham marshes within ours. Um, now, this becomes important because uh, there was a briefing uh, the Protoss Community Forum, brackets again, unfortunately nobody from Fortune Town Council was present in relation to that, where IGAS presented, now forget which side of the argument you may be on in relation to fracking, that meeting was important for lots of reasons, but one of the reasons is that if planning permission is granted for the single exploratory well, and it's developed, there will be a payment of £100,000 to the local community. Now, I just... Doesn't matter what side of the argument you are in relation to that. If that money is going to Insta and Elton, it will be potentially transformative. And again, if planning commission is sought and the commercial well site is put forward, there will be very, very significant sums of money that will be flowing in relation to it. So again, forget where you stand on the argument. And it's in that context you have to see 
the debate that's almost certainly going to be arising about the parish boundaries and who has what land, it's going to be a bit of a land grab and a bit of a, uh, a scramble, I think, in and around its Elton, Thornton, Lamours and other areas. It probably doesn't affect us directly because I think the brook is always going to remain our western boundary. But you have to bear in mind, this is going to be taking place right next to it. And the proposed site for the fracking well is Protoss site number 11. Now that, of the, when you look at the Protoss development, site 11 is the most southerly one. And then you have to draw a two kilometre diameter circle around that particular site. What they say is they're going to be plunging a well, if they get permission, between one and two kilometres down. They'll explore it, they'll look at it, and they'll also then do a horizontal drill from the point that they go, and they'll go one kilometre in one direction. They don't know which direction they're going to go in. And then they will seek to frack that one leg to see what happens. <coughs> now, there's clearly going to be significant community consultation going on in relation to it, and from what IGAS tell, told us, when I say us, there was all the parishes around here, brackets not fraudulent, close brackets, uh, that were there together with some Cheshire West councillors. They were saying they've done extensive consultation with INS, with Elton, and they're now going to be expanding out to Helsby and also to Frodsham. So it is something that we need, very much need to keep our eyes on in relation to what happens, and we need to make sure we get our say in what, what happens. I pushed them very, very hard about local referendums. I've asked the developer to pay for it, because I think it's essential uh, that it's done, and that issue is still on the table, even though Cheshire West uh, voted it down. And one of the things that IGAS said, which came unprompted, and I wasn't surprised they said it, but I'm horrified they said it, was that the special purpose planning, doc planning document that Cheshire West had produced for them was very, very helpful as it enabled them to, to make their application very simply and straightforwardly. Now, I've sat around this table before and I told you the SPD was the Frackers Charter. Lo and behold, that's just been demonstrated to me in spades. So, however you stand on this particular issue, it's coming. The application is on our doorstep. We're going to have to make sure that we have our say in as strongest and lawful terms possible so that everybody is left under no doubt where everybody stands in relation to it. And the final thing is, you might have seen that car parking policies for Chester and Ellesmere Port have been published and they haven't gone down very well. Okay. Can I just... Uh... The top field here, if it comes into charity, does that protect it from being built on? That certainly would be the, the hope. What we're hoping is if it comes in, it'll have all the protections of charity law in addition to all the protections of being public open space and parkland that it doesn't currently have because it was bought for housing purposes and the, the actual conveyance document refers specifically to that. What are the chances of it going into charity? Um, well, it, it, I mean, Councillor Armstrong and I had some, a very good discussion, and uh, he's, I'm hoping it's going to be straightforward. Yeah. I mean, it, it, God forbid it isn't straightforward. I'm hoping it's straightforward. Okay, uh, Councillor Jones, you want to talk? Uh, yeah, so where does this leave us with a referendum? Could we trigger one? You can trigger parish polls, or anybody can trigger a parish throw, poll through a parish meeting. Um, IGAS have gone away and are going to debate internally whether or not they're going to go uh, for. Uh, a local referendum. It was something I tried to get written into the SPD, but unfortunately I got voted down, and what I wanted writing into the SPD was the developer should pay for it. Yeah. 
this okay. council is approaching town council any further so i think from last time there was some i haven't had a response from cheshire west yet on the costs and what the process involves but i will chase that up local government act 1972 schedule 12 i think it is yeah okay andrew you're going to be talking about the um, quite balancing the budget thing we well, there's a consultation out there, and obviously we'll get to see what the uh, response is to it. The difficulty that we all have in relation to that document, uh, it's not exactly the most exciting consultation anybody does. Right. Let's come back to what we did as a town council all those years ago. We, we got more than one third of our households to respond. Wouldn't it be nice if that budget consultation got the same response? But uh, please make sure you have your say. The last council budget... Project was mentioned 20 times. Uh, each time it was all about paying, it wasn't about investing in our services. And if it was a point I was going to make to you, it would be make that point to Cheshire West that we'd like to see some uh, significant capital investment in it. Yeah, okay, thanks for that. Okay. Yeah. Thanks very much. Okay, moving on to 119 Integrated Risk Management Plan. This is Cheshire Fire Authority's draft plan. Are we going to respond to it and we, as a council? Um, through the chair, I can just say there's no actual references to Prodrum in that uh, right. IRMP. Um, you know, so there's no threat to Prodrum Fire Station. There's no uh, desire to change the staffing system at Prodrum. Um, and the fact that the police are moving in there, I think, just underpins the fact that the security of the station right, is so there. Also, they're, they're extending because it hasn't been a massive success and um, they're extending the red one response and that's going to go right across the county so Frodium is part of that. What red one is by the way is that fire service will attend coronary uh, attacks uh, to make sure that some, somebody is there within eight minutes of the call so that's what that's all about. The RRMP really just briefly a lot of it is just taking forward uh, in the rest of the county, in East Cheshire, there's some changes to staffing. You may be aware that there's the Powie Lane Rescue Hub station now, just off the M56, it's beyond Stoic, and all the special appliances that would have been at Ellesmere Port, Chester, like the hydraulic platform, the, fox, the foam tender, is all being moved to these rescue hubs, and the other one is at uh, Limb Services on, on the M6. So the idea is they can be there anywhere really on the motorway. We were told that today, Manny and I were at the fire yeah, station. Yeah, okay, you got a chance to talk that, to the chief, um, didn't you, today? Fire engines are not, because we talked about response time, they said that quite often the, the fire engines tenders are not in the fire station, they're, they're out and about uh, so that they can respond more quickly yeah, to yeah. incidents. The idea is now the nearest that, uh, machine goes, so if Winsford are coming back from, uh, sorry, Runcorn are coming back from headquarters at Winsford and they're in Frodium, they will turn them out before they'll turn Frodium out if, yeah. if it's, you know, uh, okay. So nothing really in Frodium for us to worry about in inverted commas. So we're not going to put in a response from the council? Well, it's entirely, you know, if anybody has any requirements. Well, individually, we can yeah, all respond yeah, if we want to. I don't think, personally, we, well, I don't think response. we need to reply, really. That's not saying that we don't, we're not bothered because it's not Frodium. But I don't think there's anything that unduly affects us that's yeah. happening. Okay then, we move on to 120, our new MP. 
new-ish everything. Um, th there is a suggestion that we might invite um, Mike Amesbury to come and talk to us at a council meeting. Obviously, because of his um, commitments in London, Monday nights are not going to be very good to him, for him. But when we were at the remembrance service um, a couple of weeks ago, sorry, he was happy to come and have an informal meeting with councillors, perhaps on a Thursday evening, if that would be of interest yeah. to yeah. anyone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very good. So, well, um, we left it that um, the town clerk would liaise with his office to come up with some potential dates. Can I ask a question, Chair? It's maybe a bit of a bonkers question, but the the quack councillors have a personal sort of allowance that they can make payments to yeah. in in their you know area. Mm. Do we know whether the MP has anything similar to that that he could support a project within his constituency, i.e. CCTV? <laughs> no, I think the only thing that he has is the availability to speak to secretaries of state and right. chancellors and try and help and influence right. and the influence that a member of parliament okay. has. But that's something that you can put to him when he's invited. Mm. Yeah, okay. it certainly seems a very approachable gentleman in the short chat I had with him at the Remembrance Day service. So, so Mally down to Houses of Parliament. <laughs> so you're alright with that? Protest on the steps. Yeah, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a formal <laughs> council meeting, it would no. just be an informal gathering of council. I think that's it. Um, it. It might be useful though, even though it's informal, to have a rough agenda with people who've got questions they want to ask, give them time to prepare for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 save time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, once, once we've arranged the date, I'll circulate that round to people and ask you to let me know uh, <coughs> what agenda items you'd yeah. like to have on the, yeah. on the agenda. Yeah. Okay, so agenda item one, two, one, chair's report. Uh, just to repeat what has already been said a few times tonight, thank you to Mike Pusey and his team yeah. and the people like Hazel who stood out in the rain for hours mm. on Saturday, making the event a, as good as it was. So I had lots of people have enjoyed it. A few um, usual complaints about fireworks and reindeers, but um, I, I have been assured that the reindeers are all happy and settled and they, they weren't really phased by the fireworks. Um, and the other thing is Mally and I were at the opening of the, the joint police and fire station today. Uh, it was a, a quite a nice event. They they did let me hold their, their new fabulous uh, cordless cutters. But oh I, yeah. I couldn't yeah. even pick it up. No, Never mind, cut no. anything with it. <coughs> you didn't turn anybody's car into a cabriolet then. No, no, they wouldn't let me loose on any no. of the vehicles there. But so it's all looking very positive. So. Excellent. Good news there. I think that's all I've got to say. Um, one two two external auditor. Yeah. Let me note it. Yeah, just to say that um, we've been notified by um, the smaller authorities appointment body and that our new auditors will be um, FKF Little John um, and they will be in touch with us after the end of the year okay. um, with the arrangements for the external audit. Um, we have actually got the internal auditor coming in on the 20th of December to start our internal audit process. Okay, thanks. Um, agenda item 123 <coughs> about our silver trophies. Chair, can I ask this to be put back? 
because with the help of Councillor Pennington, yes, what I was going to say, we think we've got it. more, so yeah. can we defer it to the next meeting? Yeah, yeah. okay, happy yeah, to do that. that sounds good. So, then on to four over to you, Councillor Alden, for your Mayor's report. Yeah, no, no written report to say, Claypa. Um, it's been a busy time for Lorraine and myself. We've been attending several school and club events. Uh, one particular one was the Czech presentation to Frodsham Youth Association, which was uh, a real pleasure to do. Uh, and we've recently been asked uh, the official opening of two new shops in the town. Um, I know that uh, started by Mali really last year, you know, with his big breakfast club and his continuous support for uh, local businesses, as we should all be. It was really nice in this day and age. You know, I know we've got the banks closing and, and you know, on the negative side, but it was really nice to see two new businesses opening in the village. Uh, and you know, wishing them every success. Um, two other big events really was the Remembrance Day. I, I was very honoured to lay the first wreath both on the cenotaph on, on the hill and at the church, you know, on behalf of Frodgham Town Council and, and the people of Frodgham, you know, and that was a, a, a real honour to do that. Um, and lastly, I know it's been said, uh, uh, you know, five or six times, although there'll be a debrief, again, a thanks to Mike Pusey and his team, for what they did. Uh, it was again, it was absolutely amazing experience which will stay with me a long time to be on the top deck of that bus. When he came round the corner at the Bears Pour, it was just, well, it was real gobsmacking to, uh, you know, coin a phrase. And also thanks to Mike that he, he made it possible for my grandchildren and other uh, sort of cousins, his children, and that to be on the bus, which I'm sure will stay with them for, for a long, long time. It, it was absolutely amazing, um, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, as I say, a big thanks to Mike, and uh, that's it, really, yeah, we've got Can a couple more. Can I just more. congratulate one of your grandchildren who made the most amazing remembrance um, arrangement that oh. I've seen, and it looks stunning where it is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my, my uh, Finn, my youngest grandson, watched what everybody else was doing and he had a little wooden cross and then completely unprompted and unscripted he marched up at the end and laid the cross stood back and saluted and everybody i think including myself were in tears the only unfortunate thing was nobody took a photograph we've tried and tried and there's no photographs but no it was lovely that somebody of that age you know appreciated and and uh, you know made, made that so yeah it was a good day for granddad and grandmother that day believe me. Yeah, we've got a couple of things, you know, between now and Christmas as well. We're judging a Christmas cake contest, I think, on Friday and things like that. So keeping ourselves busy. Okay, thank you, Alan. I'm over to the town clerk now. I have a very good time. So the date of the next meeting is Monday the 22nd of January, but we also have a budget setting meeting on Monday the 8th of January. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Presume at seven o'clock here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So that brings the uh, public part of the meeting to a close.